Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Well, this is it, week one of our brand new series called Life Hacks. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. It's always good to be on week one of a series. That way you're like, oh, I'm there from the ground and up and I can keep going with it. And it's, it's just going to be a good, good series. And this will actually take us all the way to the end of June. And so uh, I'm just stoked to get into this series. How many like some life hacks? You ever like, you have your own, you have your own personal life hacks and you're so proud of it when you discover your own life hack, aren't you? You're like, hey, I, I, I did this thing. It was brilliant. You'd like to share your life hack with you, right? And so some of you have your life hacks. I'm going to share with you a few life hacks. Amanda, do we have these pictures ready to go? So check out this. This is a little life hack for you. I was just at the beach and you know, you're always like, I don't want to leave my cell phone because you feel like you know, there's cell phone hawks that are running around to every little thing. You go get in the water, and then they're going to go run and steal your keys or steal your cell phones. This is what you do. You chop off some sunscreen because nobody steals sunscreen, right? No? Okay. And then you stick your cell phone. Life hack. All right? That was a, that's a good because somebody's going to go to the beach this summer, and now you're prepared. All right, next one. Here we go. Um, yeah, I, if you're a fire person, if you're looking at a little pyromaniac, or if you just like backyard barbecues or whatever, apparently Doritos make good kindling. Now, let me ask you a question. What does that say about Doritos? Like, wait a minute. I'm putting that in my body. Um, So anyway, yeah, if you need to start a fire and you don't have any kindling, apparently, you go inside, get your Doritos, and yeah, okay, get uh, one more. Yep. Okay, for, for all of you that believe Jesus turns water into wine, you can freeze grapes to chill white wine without watering it down. So you get some frozen grapes and bloop, bloop, bloop. Nope. Okay, non-wine drinkers, this is yours here. This is what you would need. Go to the next one. Here you go. Yeah, so what you do is you take, how many coffee lovers? Just coffee, just, are y'all writing this down? I'm giving you the best ones right now. How many coffee? Just, you need coffee in Jesus and that's it. That's, you. so this is it. You freeze your coffee so that, because how many know, like you want to drink your coffee right away, but you don't want to burn your tongue and burn. So anyway, that's what you do. You drop a little, a little, a little coffee cube into your car. Okay, last one, I think. I don't even know. Yeah, oh, look at this guy. He's very sad. You take pictures of your... Okay, so I just need to confess. I have this guy's DVDs, and I've had them for like a year, and he did not take a picture of me, so is it legally binding? Is it not? This is how you make it legally binding. Whenever you're loaning out your DVDs to a friend, you take a picture. It's like a mug shot, and then you can go back and say... Everybody say life hacks. Now you know. You're better equipped right now. We could just... Let's all pray. Let's just pray and go home. We're more equipped for life right now. We're better for having been at church. We bless children and we learn how to get our coffee cooled off without watering it down. And so anyway, that's a life hack. Now, for us though, we will dive into actual life hacks because there's life hacks and there's like life hacks. And what we want to do is actually take a look because the Bible is full of incredible wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. And mostly, now here's what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the book of Proverbs if you've never read the book of Proverbs, it is pure genius. It's incredible. But the book of Proverbs actually starts somewhere else. And I want to tell you about the story of where Proverbs really begins. So there's this young man named Solomon, and he has this encounter with God, and he's praying, and he's worshiping, and and God kind of speaks to him. And God says to him, Solomon, you're going to be the king of Israel. Uh, you're gonna, I'm, I'm going to set you up for great things. And here's what I want to do just to start off your journey and our relationship. Whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. Now, how many of you know we've never had that encounter with God? 
right? It's a, that almost feels like a genie in a bottle, but you only get one wish, doesn't it? Which is all, what's the answer? You ask for more wishes. That's what you ask for. But this is like God giving Solomon a blank check. Here's this young man. He's going to be the future king of Israel. And he says, I'll give you whatever you want. What do you want? You want money? You want power? You want, you want me to just uh, take care of your enemies? I mean, what, what do you want me to do? And Solomon thinks about it for a minute. And he asks God for wisdom. He said, I want you to just give me a mind that's wise and understanding so that I might lead your people. And God is so like, that's my man, that's my guy right there. And he goes, because you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom. But because you get the wisdom, I'm just going to include all of it. And I'm going to bless you. This is going to be huge. And so Solomon became the wisest man who ever lived. And there's stories about kings and queens from other nations and empires that would literally come and sit at his feet. And ask him questions and just soak it in. And so what he did was, is he eventually, near the end of his life, they collected all of his wise sayings and they put them into one book, a book that we call Proverbs. Now, here's the deal. The book of Proverbs is broken into like three sections. The first section is really kind of chapters one through nine. And it's, it's basically Solomon writing as if he's writing to his son or to his children. And so the whole thing is him just setting up these people for success. His, his children, his kids, and he's saying, so listen, when you start reading the book of Proverbs, if you feel like the first few chapters is, is, is a little bit redundant, power through. Because by the time you get to chapter four, there's some incredible insight on like sexuality. It's a trip. And then by the time, so this is the next section. After chapter nine, the next 15 chapters is basically one little nugget after the other. They're not related to each other necessarily. And we're talking about some of the most brilliant advice and input and insight and wisdom that you could ever come up with. And that's the next 15 chapters. And then the ending is, so really the first part's advice to your kids, but but it was to his kids. The second part was advice to everybody. The last part is actually advice to leaders. And it comes from a king and a king's perspective. And it is incredible. And so what we're going to do over the next few weeks is look at the book of Proverbs. Now today, just because it's the the very first week, today will be like an intro. We're just going to kind of kick open the door to this idea called wisdom because there's literally too much to say. And then in the following weeks, we will start talking about some other cool stuff. So like next week, I'll talk about the application of wisdom. After that, I will share with you the greatest life principle that you have ever heard. After that, we get into like the starting point of all. I'm telling you, it's good. And that's before I even take on a single topic. I'm telling you, this series is going to be incredible. Okay. Okay. Just say, okay. And roll with me. Get into church every week. You do not want to miss this series. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Proverbs chapter 4. Read along on the screens. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 7, says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. (laughs) Wait a minute. You're saying to be wise? I need to get wisdom? Isn't that incredible? But let's be honest, as much as I almost feel like Solomon's messing with us. Hey, you know what the beginning of wisdom is? Go get some wisdom. I feel like he's messing. Like he's, he's toying with us already. Cause, but what he's saying is so brilliant because most of us, if you think about it, we don't live a life pursuing wisdom. We live a life open to all the different influences of our world and of our culture. And we kind of go, hey, because how many know like when I say get wisdom, we actually need to define what wisdom is. But let's keep reading. It says, though it costs you, this thing called wisdom, though it costs you all you have, you go get it. You go get understanding. You cherish her. You exalt her. You embrace her. She will honor you. So Solomon's big plea is this, go get some wisdom. 
which again is huge because one of the keys to life is this. Have you ever gotten exhausted in an arena of life? Have you ever gotten, you know, maybe in your marriage or with your kids or with your work or with a relative or a friend or something like that, you've ever said this right? You've ever come to the end of the rope and said, man, I'm exhausted. I have done all that I know how to do. You ever done that before? Why? Because they're wearing you out. I have done, I've tried everything. I've done all that I know how to do. What Solomon would say is it's good. That means you are trying to work stuff out. But if you've done all that you know how to do, you know what you need to do now? You better go get some new information, new insights, some new ideas, some new thoughts. Go and get wisdom. So that way you can go back to the drawing board and say, now I've got some new ammo. I've got some new tools. I've got some new stuff to throw at this. And so the Bible talks about this idea of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. So let's define what wisdom is. And, and, and first, maybe we define what it's not. De- wisdom is not knowledge. You ever think about that before? Have you ever met somebody that was really, really smart, but made terrible decisions? Have you ever met somebody that like had a fairly high IQ or made really, really good grades, but was also dumb at life? Yeah, I don't, why are you raising your hand? You're, you're, you're owning that. So is this like you can pass a test, but when you're on your bike and you see a basketball, you pedal right at it, hit the basketball, flip over, hurt your hip. That's not him, that was a, that, that's, a, that's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I got that story from. Um, but, but wisdom, wisdom because isn't that true? Wisdom is not knowledge. Think about, we live in an information age. If you have a smartphone, which you all do probably, you, you have access to more information than previous generations could get in a lifetime. You, and yet we, are, we have access to more information, but we are actually in some ways getting worse as a society. Like we're, we're backing up in some areas. Why? It's because knowledge is not necessarily wisdom. High IQ, intelligence, that's not wisdom. Common sense, that, that's not necessarily wisdom either. Hey, here, here's another one. Like, because sometimes we, we go with our gut. We say, I'm just going to go with my gut. That's not wisdom either. Your natural inclination, let me tell you about this. The Bible actually says that your natural inclination is many times evil. So doing things based on your gut is not always a good idea. So what is this idea of wisdom? So wisdom is this, and I'll give you a couple of definitions. Wisdom is understanding when to apply the right knowledge to the right situation. Isn't that so true? Because sometimes you have the right information, but you apply it to the wrong context. Or sometimes you have the right information, and you even have the right context, but you, you have the wrong timing. Have you ever noticed how like when you have the right context, the right information, the right knowledge, and then the right understanding, and then you apply it, that's when it all harmonizes into this thing called wisdom. We're like, you ever seen somebody wise and observe their behavior and be like, man, how did he do that? The way he navigated that situation, the way he walked through that minefield, the way he was able to handle and diffuse that situation. Man, what, what wisdom, the grace and the timing and the word. Look, do you see how he crafted his words and it was just the right, and I'm like, man, that was incredible. And he's using what? He's using wisdom. He's applying the right knowledge to the right context, even in the right time. I'll prove it to you. Watch this. This is crazy. Proverbs chapter 26, verse four says this. It says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. So what is the proverb teaching you? Do you answer fools? No. Wait a minute. This is this a trick question? No. What does the proverb say? But then it says in the very next verse, 
answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Which, which one is it? Because it would seem like a contradiction of terms, a contradiction of ideas. Wait a minute, because you would have to say, how did the wisest man in the world put two verses in the Bible back to back that contradict each other? Because they don't. Because you've got to read the whole thing. And when you read the whole thing, you'll realize that there is a time where you do rebuke a fool. And there are some times when you should never rebuke a fool, and wisdom is knowing the difference. Or we could say it like this. We, we could say that wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. Because God sees all, and he knows all, and he understands all, and God has perfect timing. And so do you have the ability, do you have that, that knowledge and understanding to know when to step in and what to do and how to do it? That is the beauty of wisdom. Now, real quickly, how many of you want to be more wise in light of that? Yeah, just, I'd like some more wisdom. Yeah, you, maybe even think, ah, I'm fairly doing pretty, pretty good. I'm fairly smart, but I want some more wisdom. Look at what the Bible says. This is huge. Again, this is just the intro to the series, party people. We are going to go further starting in the weeks to come. But listen to this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16 says this. It says, wisdom is, it offers you long life as well as wealth and honor. Wisdom can make your life pleasant and lead you safely through it. And those who become wise are what? Happy. Wisdom will give them life. So what I want to do in this series is just put you on a pursuit, not of like little life hacks, but the ultimate life hack. Because the ultimate life hack is wisdom. Because think about what we just said here. Think about what it's going to provide. These are the six benefits of wisdom. Number one is this, long life. This is the number one thing that Solomon comes out and says is, I'm going to give you long life. As a matter of fact, if you start reading the book of Proverbs, it has a number of different specific scriptures that talk about your health. You ever thought about that before? Like it talks about like the words that you speak creating health. It talks about how, how having a merry heart creates health. There's some interesting stuff on health. Um, there's an interesting thing in life insurance. Life insurance did a study. It said people who join church and attend weekly live six to seven years longer on average. Isn't that a trip? You're like, man, maybe there's something to God's wisdom that creates a little bit more longevity. Number two is this. Everybody say wealth. Now, I didn't say that. This is what Solomon said. Solomon said that wisdom, that if you would pursue wisdom... If you love her, cherish her, take good care of her, seek her, get go, and all you're getting, get wisdom, you will actually have more wealth. And I know this to be true because when you read the scriptures that talk about money, your gut reaction is, is typically negative, and your gut reaction is, oh yeah, the preacher's going to talk about money, the answer is give more. It's not what Solomon said. Giving is a component of it, but I'm telling you what, Solomon has some of the most brilliant insight on debt, on how to get out of debt. He's got insight on how to prioritize. I'm telling you, there is genius stuff in here on money. And just so you know, Solomon is considered the richest man who ever lived. Like they literally took inventory of all the stuff that he had, and he literally would have been the, the Bill Gates, the, the Warren Buffett, of his day, he would have been the richest man in the world, and possibly if you did it for inflation and change the amounts to do with the time and the way, maybe the richest man who ever lived. Incredible wealth. Number three is this. Everybody say honor. honor. Yeah, wisdom will give you honor. Now, here, here's why I think it gives you honor. Um, when you think about what creates dishonor, you're like, well, normally I did something dumb. I did something foolish. I, you, ever, you ever been in a social setting and just said the wrong thing at the wrong time and stuck your foot right 
into your mouth? Am I the only one? Or is it just the five chuckles over here? Okay, th- thank you. So like, you know what wisdom prevents you from doing? Is sticking your foot right up in your mouth. It prevents you from doing dishonorable things. Wisdom prevents you from the foolishness that other people eventually mock and judge you for. And so not only in that though, it prevents you from dishonor, but it sets you up for honor because again, when you think about the wisest people that you know, you look back at them with honor and you think, man, Man, if I knew what they knew, or man, if I could handle life like they handle life, or look how they went through that situation, I, we, we, we actually esteem people of wisdom. Here's another one, pleasure. This is what Solomon said. I didn't make this stuff up. This is Solomon's lift. He goes, no, your life will just be more pleasant. You will have less stress and more peace of mind. And again, when you apply God's wisdom to your life, it alleviates so many different headaches and heartaches. Have you, ever, have you ever gotten through a season of life and said, man, why is life so hard right now? Why is it so challenging right now? Again, what if we could go back in time and apply wisdom? Our life would be more pleasant. Here's another one, security. Again, I, I, let me just put it like this. Wisdom will keep you out of jail. Can I get an amen and a what, what? And a, thank you, Jesus. Or because I've been in jail, I know that it was foolishness that, God, I'm just telling you, your life is safer. Your life is safer from harm, from danger, from catastrophe. Now, is it the foolproof thing? There's certain things in life that wisdom doesn't protect you from. But I'm telling you, wisdom will protect you from the bulk of a messy life. And then here's the last one, it's just happiness. He goes, no, you're just going to be happy. Wisdom creates happiness. See, this is the issue that you and I run into sometimes. Is we are sold into the idea that certain things will make us happy. Oh, man, if I could drive that. Oh, if I could live there. Oh, if I could shop here. Oh, if I could take this trip. Oh, if I could go on that vacation. Oh, if I could have these things. Oh, if this would just happen for me, then I would be happy. And the problem is, is that as you journey through life and the older you get, you know this, you started to attain and get and achieve and have some of those things and you're still not happy. You know why? It's because things don't make you happy. But Solomon said wisdom. When you have wisdom, you'll actually have a different understanding on life, a different perspective on life, and that alone will lead you down a path to happiness. I'm telling you this is huge, and I want you to have this thing called wisdom. And so today, again, we're not taking on any individual subject or one topic. We're just kind of opening the door to this idea called wisdom. Because if it's this good, if it's this big of a deal, if it's this important, the big question becomes now, how do I get more wisdom, isn't that the key question at this point? Okay, look, I'm in, I'm dialed in. I want the happiness, I want the pleasant, I want the wealth, I want the honor, I want all those things. How do I get it? And it's very, very simple. Again, if, you, if, you, if you're gonna walk out of here and think, God, that was so simple. But isn't that how Solomon opens it? Remember he said the beginning of wisdom? Get wisdom. It wasn't, it wasn't brilliant, it was simple. It, was, it wasn't so brilliant that it was like you had to be some type of 140 plus IQ to contemplate and to figure it all out. What was it? No, it was like a simple understanding applied to the right moment and context. This is the key to getting wisdom. How can I get wisdom? Number one is this, read God's word. Because here's the deal. There are two places that you are going to get wisdom from. There are only two options. There is no other. You are either going to get your wisdom from the world or from the word. That's it. There's only those two. You got the word of God or you got the world that you live in, the culture and the content. And I'm telling you that you have to become a person that reads God's word. That is the only thing. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 1, 
We're starting off from the beginning, right? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2 says this. These are the Proverbs of Solomon. So this thing called the Bible, this thing called Scripture, this God-breathed, inspirational thing we call the Bible. He goes, what did I write this stuff down for? For you to what? Gain wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. That's a huge component of wisdom, by the way. Doing what is right and just and fair. So here's the deal. There's only one, way, one place that you can get truly divine wisdom, and it is God's word. And if you're a person, we live in a culture now where, again, most of you, and I love you to death, most of you do not open your Bible in between Sundays. You don't. There's no practice, there's no discipline, there's, but, but what did Solomon say? He said, no, you go get wisdom. If it costs you everything, you pay it, you go get it, you do whatever it takes, you go get wisdom. If that's true, then you need to make a regular daily routine of reading Scripture, because that's where wisdom ultimately comes from. And again, go back to all those things we talked about. How many of you would like to know, man, how do I get better at finances? How do I get better at relationships? How do I get better in my business practices? How do I get better at, and you fill in the blank, whatever it is that you need and you desire, I'm telling you that it is in the Scripture. And I want to say this, especially in the book of Proverbs. See, the Bible is actually the instruction manual for life. It is the most dynamic and incredible piece of literature to ever hit planet Earth. It is the number one most selling book of all time. It is the number one most stolen book of all time. It is incredible. And you've got stuff in there from everything from like legal stuff and like, and, and like political stuff. You've got drama. You've got sexual stuff. You've got wisdom stuff. You've got poetry stuff. You've got history stuff. And, and, and the Bible is, is all inspired by God so that you can literally look into it and discover who God is and in light of that, discover who you are. But in light of all those things, discover how to live the best life possible. That's wisdom. And if there is not a habit, not a routine, and not a practice and a discipline of reading God's word, you are always going to be going back to, oh, well, I just do what mama said. Or I go with my gut. Oh, what's in your heart? Do what's in your heart. The Bible says that the heart is evil. Like, you've got to be careful. Like that, That's why God, the Bible says that when Jesus touches your life, he takes out the old heart and gives you a, a new heart. You can't just go with your heart. That's not the way you live life. The Bible says you live life based on Wisdom. Number two is this. This is going to blow your mind. Not only, number one, do you read God's word. This is the next big step. You do what it says. You're laughing. You're like, Todd, this is so brilliant, but it's so simple. I didn't even think of that. But again, for the, for, let's go back. Most of us between Sunday and Sunday may not even open up our Bible. I'm telling you that for many of you, let's take the percent of you that actually do read your Bible. How many times do we read scripture and then it stays in our head and never gets in our hands? It stays in our head and it's kind of knowledge because I'm just telling you, this is the difference that wisdom will make. Wisdom takes it from knowledge into the application realm. I'll show it to you like this. Let me, let me say a few things. Um, knowledge is what built the Titanic, Right? Wisdom knows how to avoid icebergs. Knowledge knows how to build a house. Wisdom knows how to build a home. You see the difference? Knowledge knows how to pass a test. Wisdom knows how to pass life. 
Knowledge understands God. Wisdom walks with God. There is a huge difference between you getting the information from God's word and then you applying it. Listen to this. I'll just show you what Solomon said. Solomon said, my son, keep my word. Everybody say keep. Keep my words. That's another way of saying you better store them up in your heart. Get them, memorize them, think about them. Store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. So when he says keep my commands, does, does that imply think about them or do them? Let's do them. No, no, no. Could you ever think about this with your kids? If you're a parent out there, you kind of know the heartache many times of giving your kids commands or instructions. Would you like your kids to think about your commands or do them? Can you imagine like, you're like, hey, look, don't play with fire in the house. Okay, just don't. And as your kid's lighting matches, like that's an interesting command. I mean, I wonder why. What was that all about? And then all of a sudden you come home and you're like, the house is gone. Remember that whole thing about don't play with fire in the house? Yeah, I wanted you to keep that command. Not just think about that command. I want you to know your heavenly father loves you so much that he's given you all the wisdom and instruction that you need. You've got to go dig it up. You've got to go unearth it. You've got to go mine it. This is why reading scripture is so important. Hey, here's a thought. When was the last time you not just read scripture? When was the last time you memorized scripture? When was the last time you said, I'm going to store it up in my heart, not just read it, what if I memorize it? Maybe that for some of you, that means literally like, remember old school when you had to memorize stuff in school? That's how old school it is. I was doing this, they're doing geometry the other day with my kid. I'm like, when did I do geometry? And when you start getting decades away, that's a sign, right? Remember when you had to memorize, what would you do? You would write it down on a three by five note card or you would take a, remember when you would take the notepad and then write it over and over and over again. You'd write it and you'd say it and then you'd, you'd do all these things because you were trying to memorize stuff. I'm telling you this, you, you should memorize scripture, but then apply it to your life is the largest leap that you have to make. Listen to what James says. James says something so fascinating, it's so challenging. He says this, he says, do not merely listen to the word, the word of God, and so deceive yourself. Actually do what it says. See, see James was, was a very like, blunt-in-your-face preacher. And when he's talking to the church of Jerusalem, he's like, hey, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourselves. What James said was this. James says, sitting up in church could be problematic for you. Sitting up under biblical teaching could be problematic for you if you never apply it. And here's why. It's because you will eventually become a little arrogant. You'll eventually become, yeah, 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 I've heard that before, Todd. Yeah, 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 I know that one. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this story before. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that sermon before. Yeah, yeah, Todd, wisdom, I get it. And what you'll do is you'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever done that before? You're like, okay, Todd, this is not your best. Okay, I've heard, I've heard better from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you give me some yeah, yeah, yeah's. Or you read something like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know that. James said there's actually a, a temptation, a ditch that you could fall off the road into this ditch. And the ditch is to listen so much that you assume you know it. But because you never actually apply it, you live in blindness. He said the, the greatest leap is not just to be a hearer of the word, to be a doer only. As a matter of fact, I, I would dare to say this, it would be more important for you to actually take scripture and dive into a small portion of it and do it before you move on. Just to collect all this information and not to do it could actually harm you. And we know this to be true because we know that sometimes religious people are some of the most arrogant people we know. 
Sometimes religious people are so incredibly arrogant, they think they know it all. They think they know more than you. They think they're... And I'm telling you, if you actually had wisdom, you would never be arrogant. Because actually, the wiser you get, the more humble you get. So you read the word, you do what it says, and then lastly, I'll close on this. It's 11-12 if you're taking medicine. Number three is this. You have to fear God. Now, this is huge, and this is so big that I may spend more time on it down the road in in weeks to come. You actually have to fear God. Now, here's what I mean when I say fear God, because if you didn't grow up in church, this is a weird term or a new term. When I say fear God, it was not like um, be afraid of the boogeyman. Okay, God is not the boogeyman. The word fear, in, in the Hebrew word, they would basically pack a bunch of meaning into one word. And so in one sense, fear could be, to afra- be afraid of something. But in the other sense, and this is the sense that the Bible uses it, is that you stand in reverence and awe and honor of something. And this is actually the key. Watch, watch this. This is brilliant right here. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let me say it again. The knowledge of the Holy One, that is understanding. Do you know why the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom? It's because it puts a restraint on all your decision-making. You ever made a decision and be like, what was I thinking? You ever said something without thinking before? Like, oof, I wish I could get that back. See, the fear of God puts a restraint on everything that you say and everything that you do. It becomes the filter. Because if you have the fear of God operating in your life, you'd say, whoa, 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 before I go do that, before I go make that decision, before I say that, would this honor God or dishonor God? Would this be wise or not be wise? Before I do anything, because the Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. Meaning most of the time when we head off into life, we just assume we know what's best, or we assume, or we'll just go with our gut, or we'll just do what we've always done. And, And the fear of God actually puts a filter on everything and says, before I do it, what does wisdom say? What, what would God think? What would, would this honor God or dishonor God? Because I am so in reverence of God, I would never do anything. We had this room when I was a kid at my grandma's house. So I don't know what grandma's house was like for you. But when you go into my house, there's like the porch. And you can do anything on the porch. You can bring your dirty boots into the porch. It's kind of messy. That's where grandpa was, right? You go into the kitchen, and it's like, okay, I can't be totally crazy in there because Grandma took pretty good care of, of the kitchen, right? So you then you had the TV room. That's where everybody took naps on Sunday afternoon, right? So this is what, big couch, big lazy boy, whatever. But then there's, do you all have Grandma like this? Then there was this room that was untouchable. It was like the fancy furniture was in that room. The little porcelain things were in that room. You did not go into that room. It was the fancy room. It was the special room. It had breakable things. And if you went into that room, you better just tiptoe around it and be cautious and be careful because grandma didn't play. Grandma was old school. She would hit you with a broom. And she loved you. It was not abuse. She loved you. But grandma would hit... I got hit with a broom, okay? The fear of God is the special room. Does that make sense? If you live your whole life bringing mud onto the porch, you're going to have a messy life. At some point, as you draw closer to God, what you recognize is 
is that God is holy, that God is special. God is, God is to be revered and honored. So if I'm going to walk before God, I'm going to be thoughtful, careful. I'm not going to just run and be crazy. I'm going to be like, no, no, no. He, this is the filter of all of life's decisions. It is the filter of all the things that I say. If I really do revere and honor God, I think, I'm like, Did this, would this honor God? Would this dishonor God? How would this reflect on God? How, how, is this wisdom? And so let me, let me just tell you right here. This is why it's so important that you have a relationship with God, that you know God, that He is the loving Heavenly Father that always is there for you. But also recognizing that like sometimes life, when it's lived foolishly, has incredibly painful consequences. So the fear of God says, man, oh, before I do anything, before I, before I go running in, before I bring in my muddy boots, before I start doing acting, what would this honor God? Would I be able to stand before God and know that this honors Him? That's how the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. And it begins when you have a relationship with God. It begins as you walk with Jesus. Last scripture, and I'll close with this. 1 Corinthians 1.24 actually says, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So what is Christ? Christ is the power within you to do what is right, to walk with him, to live with him. But it is also Christ is the wisdom of God. That's why I want you to walk with God. That's why I want you to have a relationship with God. Because if you have a relationship with God and you fear God and you get into the scriptures so that God can teach you and equip you and then you walk with wisdom. And that wisdom leads to long life and happiness and pleasure and wealth and honor and life. Your ability to live the best life possible begins with wisdom that comes from God. Let's pray this morning. So God, we pray. Help us to be on a journey to get wisdom. For, that from this point forward, God, we want to be people that get wisdom. So God, we're going to go read your words. We're going to memorize your words, study your words, apply your words, walk with you, God. So as we open up that book, God, we pray that you would speak to us, that Holy Spirit, you would guide us into the right scriptures to read and that when we read them, that God, you'd help them to pop and become alive to us in our mind. God, would you help us to walk with you and to revere you and to honor you before we do or say anything, God, would we please step back and recognize you first, God. Would you help us, Lord, to walk in wisdom? Lord, that is our prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.